Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Uh, Well, good morning. My name is Heath. Um, I am glad that you're here. Um, we're continuing along in a series that we started that may go the whole year. Who knows? Um, we're, we're nine years old. Churches actually will turn 10 years in September. Um, and we're just now trying to clarify who we are. Um, and you may go, why is it taking you nine years? Um, did you know who you were at nine years old? No, you didn't. Uh, I just thought of that. I mean, that was good. That was good. I, I didn't. I didn't write that down in my notes or anything. Um, but we're literally spending a fair amount of time trying to clarify our vision and mission and stuff. And not that what we had was bad or um, not whatever. But we want it to be more and more us. And and one thing that you're going to hear a lot, and you've heard a lot already this year, is this idea of Jesus is greater. And that's really going to be the nail. That we're going to hammer over and over again. Because it is the one thing if lived, which is why we're calling this living Jesus is greater, that will change your life. Period. I believe wholeheartedly that every issue that you're struggling with right now is a place in your life that Jesus isn't greater. And the only way that we can change that is systematically approaching all of these areas in our life and going, God, what do we need to do to change these things? And that's what we've done. And um, I have been up until this Sunday kind of retelling all the things. And I just don't have time to do that anymore because we have like six weeks of things that we've talked about. And um, if you're new here and you haven't heard any of those, I highly recommend um, going back to our first Sunday, the beginning of January and looking through those. Uh, but I want to say this again, and I, I won't beat this dead horse and I won't do it every Sunday, but I'm just I'm digging it. Um, so God is good and all the time. Yes, he is. Well, I don't know, uh, if you've been feeling this, this idea of when we're living, Jesus is better. Life is better. Uh, and let me just tell you as a, a testimony to myself, um, it's so good. So much of my own life has been lived uh, with measures of fear, measures of anxiety, and measures of things that just overwhelm me. And this really happened November of last year. This phrase kind of popped in my head, and it's something that I, I can't get away from. Because my issues of worry and fear and anxiety and all these other things are places where I'm elevating its power over God's. And that's just wrong. It's 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 not what Jesus has called us to. It's not the chain breaking that we sing of his blood is or isn't powerful enough to transform us. If it, and if it isn't, we're wasting our time. So I do want to encourage those that um, have been in the word and I've had lots of conversations with people that they're like, this is one of the strongest years that I've had of being consistently in the word of God. And I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, if you hear nothing else that I say, keep going. And when you come against things that you're reading, you're going, I have no idea. Then here's 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 beauty. Look it up. 
Look it up. Like when you're, when you're, and I'm telling you, if you're reading the one year Bible with us, there's some things that you've read over the last two months that you're like, what's, what's going on? I just, you know, um, and, and it's not over yet. I was talking to somebody the other day and just waiting, um, hear what, um, King Saul tells his future son-in-law to do for his hands, his wife's hand in marriage. I won't even ruin it for you. Just look it up. I mean, I don't know if I've ever wanted to marry somebody that bad. Um, that sounded horrible. I love my wife. Um, and I would do it, but like once you read, you'll understand what I'm talking about, people. Um, let's just say that. Anyway, I can't even, I can't even get into it. Uh, <clears throat> so what I want to get to today and what I want to talk about um, is prayer. Don didn't even know this. And he's like, already, amen. I can feel it within him. Prayer, and I know some of you are like, we just did 21 days of prayer and fasting. And let me just tell you, prayer prayer doesn't end. It's not a season. It's not something we do occasionally. Um, it is our way in to connection. See, and God's not looking for perfection. And I believe prayer is the place that we get to walk in that humility and see the grace of God. <clears throat> Prayer is the express way to living Jesus is greater. Why? Because prayer is a declaration that you cannot and that he can. If you're praying for something that you can do, it's not really prayer. It's just like, hey, God, like it's me talking to my wife and going, hey, I'm getting ready to go to the grocery store and I'm giving her information. And it's not like I need the power of her or her car or any of these things. Prayer is an open acknowledgement. And when we regularly open acknowledge that we cannot and he can, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we experience. And I knew, of course, that I was preaching this. My notes were done Friday. Um, but I had to, we, I, and this has been happening to me lately. I, I get up early. A lot of you know that, you know, I work out with a group uh, of people, and we'd love all these guys to show up with us early in the morning. Uh, but I've kind of tricked my brain to think that early morning's really fun time, and it's not really. But like, so this morning at five o'clock in the morning, um, well, for one, I had to go to the bathroom because I got an old man bladder. <laughs> but. I, you know, I'm just, just being honest. And so I get back in bed and I'm thinking my alarm's going off at 630 because that's the time I get up on Sunday mornings to go over my notes and, you know, um, do my devotions and just get ready for the day. And, and part of me was really excited for that hour and a half of sleep. And anybody wake up and look at the clock and you're like, yes. The worst is waking up and I've done this about a minute before it goes off and you're like, oh. And so five o'clock, uh, you know, I, I wake up and like I, I go in and out of sleep for the next hour and a half. And I don't know why, but literally every moment that I was conscious and waking, I was praying. It was weird. I mean, it's not like you may think, well, you're a pastor. This is what you do. No, 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 no. Like I usually just go, ah, oh, and fall back asleep. But I wake up and I'm just I'm praying and I'm asking God to do and I'm, I'm, I'm just things were coming to my head and I was praying and and it's beautiful when we get into this place that we're expecting God to do something my one thing that I want you to hear today my is prayer is power if you want power prayer will get you there 
Because if you pray and you pray correctly, which is what we're going to talk about today, it'll humble you. It'll get you to submit to him and him, not him to submit to you. Prayer is not a, 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 a heavenly vending machine that you get to ask and put, push in numbers. Prayer is you surrendering to his will and his kingdom. And if you pray enough, your selfish motivations will end. Because as you pray for things that God's like, mm, no, that's not good for you, son or daughter. You're not going to get it. And it'll either make you bitter or it'll make you surrender. So you can get bitter and go, why isn't God giving these things? And I'm telling you, if you live long enough, you'll realize why God didn't give you some things. For those that grew up in the 90s and listened to country, some of God's greatest gifts. Anyway, I can't sing. That's why I sit up front. I sat in the second row last week or third row and people were in front of me and I missed words a couple of times. I sang really loud a couple of times and my daughter looked around and was like, she had friends here, and she's like, you're embarrassing me. That's why I sit over here, and this is why I sing as loud as I want, because that speaker right there is pointed right to kill the noise that comes out of my mouth. <clears throat> now you know my secret. Now you know why you don't see me up here plugged into anything other than this when I talk. And I'm very diligent to make sure this thing is off when I'm over there, because one time I was over there just giving it all I could, and the worship team was like, can you please, because it was coming to their in-ears. And they're like, I don't, one of them, it was their, they're like, what is that noise? It was me. It was me. So let's pray. Uh, Dearly Father, today we're going to hear you tell your disciples how to pray. So we know one thing that you desire us to pray. But Lord, we need to know how to pray because prayer is our express way to living Jesus is greater. So, Lord, I pray that you would humble our hearts today, that you would expose methodology that's ruining our prayer life. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we would that we would tap into what you have for us, that prayer is power. And, Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. So that we could turn and understand you and love you and worship you. And Lord, I pray that today, that people wouldn't be guilted into praying more. But they would be invited into knowing you more and loving you more. And Lord, I I just praise you in advance for the things that you're going to do through our prayer lives. That we're going to get to see the power of the living God. You act on our behalf. So Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that right now your son is sitting beside you, interceding for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're familiar with Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China when China was even more close than it is right now. Um, And he really risked his life and Gave everything to go into a country that the gospel had not penetrated into. And here's some stuff that he said. He said, to move God through prayer alone. He said, when we preach, people listen. When we pray, God listens. When we preach, people act. But when we pray, God acts. 
And to be completely honest, I can preach and motivate and encourage you. And I heard one pastor who's even a better pastor than me, better preacher than me. He said, I can motivate anybody until Monday. And that's about the truth. Uh, I, I can I can motivate you and you can leave here and be like, I'm going to. But Lord, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you don't get the Holy Spirit involved in it, it will get you nowhere. <clears throat> so we're going to go into and I'm going to read and this is not on my notes. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I don't do this often, but I, I just wanted to as we're leading into this, there's a, a lot of people that, you know, when you think about prayer and. Um, and depending on where you stand theologically, you're like, well, you know, why do we pray? And I don't have time for all that this morning. I do have time for this. Um, Jesus, the one that is greater, our Lord and Savior, was asked by his disciples how to. And he told them. He didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. And so if we are his children... If we're his disciples, then it didn't, you know, should we? And I'm, I'm confession from a pastor. Prayer is not my strong suit. And you'll be like, you just said you woke up at five o'clock in the morning. That thing, I'm just telling you. It is something that I have to practice. It's something that I have to mentally prepare myself to do. Because if not, it will just be this, you know, prayer. <laughs> And you'll see if you're at the Cadell house at dinner, you know, we don't mess with dinner, okay? Like, we're, you know, my pastor from home, he used to say, when you're going to pray, pray. When you're going to preach, preach. Don't pray, preach. <laughs> Which I do sometimes, you know. <laughs> Still struggling with that. But, you know, we typically just ask Jesus to bless the food and eat. <laughs> but let me, let me read this beginning part. We're going to get into the Lord's Prayer, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. But I want to read <clears throat> this, because he, he deals with things... That you shouldn't. And let me just tell you, when he, he tells us one way to do it, there's a lot of things that it's eliminating. So, and this is not going to be on your screen, I'm sorry, but in verse 5, it says, And when you pray, you, not, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say that they have received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse eight, it says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask. There's grace on prayer for those struggling, and, and, and we have prayer meetings, which I at one at some point you guys are going to get that us meeting once a month for prayer is something you should be at, because I believe God's going to release something in this church as we surrender more and more to pray, and and here's the beauty of it. He already, know, he already knows. So it doesn't matter how good your words are. You don't have to pray in King James. You don't have to pray in prose and, you know, flowery, whatever. He knows your heart even before you do it. And that should give us grace to go, okay, you know, like, even if I say the wrong thing or miss someone's name or, you know, whatever, God knows. So we're going to get into the Lord's Prayer. And if you grew up in church, 
um, you grew up reciting this. I grew up reciting this in church on Sundays. And um, it, it, it always funny when you went to a church that said it a little bit different than you did. Debtors or transgressors or it's just confusing. And you powerfully say the wrong thing in front of people like I did singing that song last week. <clears throat> so in verse 9, this is out of the ESV. It's going to be on the screen behind you. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Man, when you're starting a prayer, and we take this for granted because if you grew up in church, you're just like, yes, this is the Lord's prayer. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Our Father. And you're thinking, yeah, yeah, those are the words that it says. Think about what it's saying, our Father. If you're praying it, you're praying to God as your Father, which is this intimate thing. I think sometimes we're afraid um, to have a conversation with, like, my kids have no problem asking me for stuff. They might not come to you on Sunday morning and ask you for things for them, because that would be weird, okay? <laughs> right? We are all in agreement on that. But when they're your kids, they have no problem going, my son has no problem asking me for money all the time. <laughs> I think you should give me money for X. I think you should give me money for whatever. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't think so. He tells me sometimes how, anyway, I can't. he's not here. He's not here right now, so I won't talk about him. Um, but it's this thing that we're, we're starting this prayer with this intimate connection. We're not going, oh, mystical being, if you're up in the heavens and you hear and you like me and you want to do these things, please. No, you're saying our father. Hallowed be your name. How holy is your name? Listen to this in John um, um, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, But all to who, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them right to become children of God. Okay, so how do you get access to calling him Father? You believe, trust, and you become a child. And then you have connection to the Father. Proverbs 18.10 says this. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. Strong. Powerful. When you're overwhelmed, and this has been my mantra lately, when things are coming to my attention and my worry wheel wants to start going, start to run off like gravy, um, Allie's hamster, when he gets on that wheel like all night long, we bought a silent wheel. If y'all have a hamster, invest extra $15 and get one of the wheels that doesn't make much noise. But like in our brain, this is what they do. And, and, and I'm getting to this place where I'm just like, no, no, you're greater. And whatever is going to happen with this thing that may or may not happen, so I'm going to let my worry wheel just go crazy. I'm going to trust you and whatever comes to you're going to be there. Look at this in Acts 4, verse 12. It says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's why his name has power. Verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come begins with this idea that it's not our kingdom, but his. Most, most of your problem with prayer and Jesus is because you want him to bless your kingdom. You want Jesus to do what you want in your limited knowledge and information. And here's, here's this creator 
who orchestrated all this, who, who knew exactly how far earth needed to be from the sun for us not to freeze and not to burn up and how to keep the atmosphere just like this. Do you think he knows better than you on how to orchestrate your life and call you into that? Yes. Most of our issue is because we think in our limited wisdom, and even if you're experienced in age, you like that? You like that? Even if you're experienced, I'm really experienced in age. I won't use that other word that starts with O and ends with a D. Um, Regardless of how long you've been here and how wise you are, he is wiser. So not only do we start with the connection, this intimate connection and in lifting up his name, then it's your kingdom come, your will be done. Answered prayer is about his will and his kingdom, not ours. This guy, Tony Campillo, he wrote this book called uh, Who Switched the Price Tax? And the whole kind of premise of the book is that, you know, somebody broke into a store and they switched all the price tags and all the really expensive stuff had the inexpensive stuff on and they came in the next day and people were trying to buy really expensive stuff for like a dollar and the really cheap stuff is really expensive and it, it was chaos. And he, he the whole kind of illustration is like Satan has done that to us in our world. He's come in here and switched the price tags and so we don't understand the value of things and things that shouldn't be as placed high. We, we, we get it mixed up and I think that's part of our issue look at this in luke 22 verse 41 uh, 42 and this is jesus this is probably one of my other than some of the stuff peter did this is probably one of my favorite things in the new testament because you see the struggle even with jesus let me read it and then i'll talk about um father if you are willing remove this cup from me talking about the crucifixion Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And this is a long section of him, like, sweating blood. Him, you know, like, being, he knows what's coming. He knows what he's doing. And he's saying, hey, Father, if there's another way, do it. But then he ended with, not my will, but yours. And if Jesus, who is greater for us, is having conversations with the Father, saying, hey, it's not about me. If he can be that way, then by golly... (laughs) We better live in that same vein. It's not our will. Verse 11, it says, give us this daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Martin Luther wrote that bread was the symbol for everything necessary for preserving life. And notice that it just said daily bread. I think some of us are so concerned about other breads that aren't needed for just today, that we're like God. And I mean, I know, you know, and if you're new here, um, and if you're looking for that church that will teach you how to live so you can own really expensive cars and have lots of money, this isn't it. If God gives you lots of money, it's probably for his kingdom and not yours. Um, which we all struggle with, and this is not a judgment, but this isn't a health, wealth, and prosperity church. Um, God's invited us into his kingdom so that we could we could... Take all of our resources and use them towards the right kingdom, the one that's going to last forever. Uh, John six thirty five says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Jesus. Proverbs 30, verse 8, it says, remove far from me falsehood 
and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is needful for me. Least I be full and deny you and say who is the Lord. Or least I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Somebody might need to write that down. Spend some time on that one. And for those that are reading in the Old Testament, you're going to jump into this pretty soon. Joshua gets warned by God. He said when people get into the promised land and they have their homes and they build their vineyards, be cautious that you don't forget about the Lord your God. I'm going to tell you, some of the, and I know you don't like this, some of the best things God can do is cause tension that drives us to him, to cause need that drives us to him. Some of the worst things that can happen to us is we get bathed in contentment. And we'd be satisfied and happy with the things that we have so much so that we forget him. Verse 12, it says, and for and this, I'm telling you what, this is the scariest verse. It's scary. Verse 12, it says, forgive us our debtors as we also forgive. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And some of you who, like me, grew up in church, you regurgitate that over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, without even understanding what that verse is. Let me, let me translate it for you. Forgive us as we forgive other people. Okay, so reverse engineer that. How are you dealing with forgiving other people right now? And so what happens when we don't live in this forgiveness? And I'm not talking about permission for people to run over you. I'm not talking about like, yes, we have to be just loving. But if, if on our end, forgiveness is not a thing that God asks us to maybe do. Literally says, you know, if we won't forgive from our heart, then he won't forgive us. It's, this is a dangerous statement when we live with unforgiveness. And if, if you just need time on this, and you're like, oh, I don't know, there's a great parable where a debtor comes to the king and he owes an extreme amount of money that he would never be able to pay. And the king forgives him and he leaves and meets somebody that owes him, a, you know, 20 bucks and gets angry and physical with him and throws him in jail. And the whole moral of the story is that this one that's been forgiven, this big debt should have gone out for this person that has this little debt and operated out of forgiveness, because this is what Jesus does, and this is how his believers should operate, is that we understand the amount of forgiveness that God leveraged for us. And out of that, and this don't feel like that, because some of the things that have happened to us feel like big things. Operating in forgiveness. Listen to this in Mark um, eleven twenty five. It says, And when you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses thomas watson you heard me talk about him the other day I, I, there's a free book for audible subscribers called the doctrine of repentance i mean if you're just needing something to read i actually bought the physical book if you're if you're struggling with sin like, an, eh, like it's not that bad. Doctrine of repentance. 
just ordered. It's a real thin book. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, check it out. But t- he has this. He was a, a Puritan. Uh, he said this. A man can as well go to hell for not forgiving as for not believing. I mean, because this is the statement that's being made by something that we regurgitate over and over again. And we've got to be very careful that when we're quoting these things and when we're saying these things, that we're not just saying them. Because sometimes, you know, and I say this a lot, our knowledge, your knowledge doesn't save you. My knowledge doesn't save me. Uh, I quoted um, a couple of weeks ago, there's this other guy I really like, Paul David Tripp, and he said that um, Satan's okay with your great theology as long as he owns your heart. And, and some of us in this room have great theology, but we have bad hearts. Um, and God's not okay with that. Like, th- this is it. And some of us live in this place that we're, we're going to walk in unforgiveness, but still say and praise Jesus. Here, Charles Spurgeon said this, Unless you have forgiven others, you have read your own death warrant when you repeat the Lord's Prayer. Some of you are like, oh my gosh. Like, what is this? This is Spurgeon. Verse 13. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. John seventeen fifteen says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. This is Jesus talking to his people. He's like, I'm not asking that you, t- you shelter them and you, you, you preserve, you know, like you take away any like struggle and strain. He's saying, protect them from the evil one. Verse 16, it says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Hebrews 3, verse 13 says, but exhort one another. Every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And this is, this is a pattern. So the Lord's Prayer was not given to us so that we could regurgitate these words. The Lord's Prayer was given to us so that we could have a pattern for prayer. And this isn't a pattern that we can use to manipulate God. So if I get the if I get the pattern correctly, God has to do whatever I want to do. For those that grew up with like Nintendo, you know, the A, B, up, down. You know, there, there's no pattern that's going to get you ultimately. You know, for internal, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but contrary, y'all remember that? The, the beginning of it. Okay. Anyway. anyway. Um, dating myself severely. So what do we do with this? If prayer is power then what are you going to do with it? Today isn't meant to be a guilt trip, but rather an invitation. An invitation to connect to the one who has the power to save, the power to heal, and the power to transform. And all transformation starts within. You want a good prayer life? Invite God to mess with this. You. A good prayer life isn't you always praying that other people would get their just deserves or would be this or be that. A good prayer life starts with this humble transformation of going, God, I'm yours. The beginning of our transformation. Let me, let me just tell you. If we're going to have any influence in this city that's going to matter, it's going to start and be held by prayer.
And if, you know, I, I'm not here to conquer the world. I don't hear what I'm getting ready to say that. I mean, but there is territory in the city, meaning people, that God's placed this church to reach, to love, to transform. Not us transforming, but us allowing God to use us to be his instruments to show them the transformation that comes in Jesus. And that's going to come through prayer. And if, if I want us to transform our city, the fastest way we can do that is for you to up your prayer game. And, and that's really all that I want to do. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. Um, and I, I, want to, I want to encourage you. If we were going to be real honest and uh, there would be no lying and um, I could talk to you individually and you weren't afraid of what my opinion would you be and you were just honest about your prayer life, I would say 98% of you don't have the prayer life that you want. Pretty confidently. Not that you don't pray and not that you're a horrible person, not that Jesus doesn't love you and not that you're not a disciple, but your prayer life isn't where you want it to be. And so the only thing, the only way we can change something that we want to change is to do something about it. So we can go, man, I just want this to be different. And we can say that over and over again. But if we don't make a decision to do something to make that different, it won't happen. And so what I would like you to, what I'd like to encourage you to do, one, as we pray and go into worship, is to tell God that your prayer life isn't what you want it to be. But you want more. That you want to see his transformation in you and you want your heart to be changed. The greatest ground for us to grow is fresh, freshly tilled soil. And the best place for that to be is asking Jesus to do it. it, it Ezekiel 36, I had this conversation with somebody recently. It, it talks about this idea that, you know, he's talking about Israel. He said, but he, he said, I'll come in and I'll remove your heart of stone and I'll put a heart of flesh so that you can obey. So if you're trying to obey with a heart of stone, if you're trying to pray with a heart of stone, you won't get anywhere. But if you say, God, and this is his internal transformation, God, I'd like that. And just let him. And, and I, I would say, and it may sound weird, I mean, I have alarms on my phone. One of them goes off at 445 to say, remind me to pray for somebody. And there's so many tools that you can use right now that you can be reminded. Um, but here, here's the thing. If you want more, step one, ask for it. Invite God into your mess of a prayer life and say, God, I want to have a better prayer life. And then step two is make a list. People, children, um, you know, things that you can comfortably say, you know, God, I'm going to lay these to your will. But like, I, Lord, I, I want to see this happen. It could be, you know, relationship issues that you have. It could be financial issues that you have. It could be so many things. But I'm going to encourage you to make a list and start praying for those things. If anybody's heard, I've got two acronyms that I'm going to give you. And they won't necessarily change your life, but they're kind of fun. Uh, one is PUSH. Pray until something happens. Because, you know, Jesus gave us a story of prayer and talked about the persistent widow that came in over and over and over again. And basically, Jesus is going, I dare you.
to keep praying until I respond. Because one of two things will happen. He'll either do the thing that you ask or he'll change your heart to realize that's not the thing you want. And I have something better for you. But if you persistently continue, and this is partly what the list is, and, and start it small. Look, for those that are struggling in your prayer life to say, I'm committing to an hour of prayer tomorrow, um, that'll last a day or two. And really, prayer isn't about a season of doing this thing. Prayer is more of a lifestyle. It's, it's just more of a, this conversation that's ongoing all day. It's like when you talk to your best friends back in the day and you just stayed on the phone and you did stuff even when you weren't talking to them, but they were just there so that when you had something to say that you would say it. And it's the same thing. You're always connected to this living God who's just waiting for you to go, hey, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this open line. And, and probably um, one thing transformational about you and your prayer life is stop thinking of it like you think of it before. Which it, I have to be, and I'm not telling you not to get on your knees, but you can pray driving your car. Don't close your eyes. <laughs> now, even if you got one of them self-driving cars, I don't recommend it. But you don't have to. I think sometimes we don't pray because we think prayer has to be this certain way. It's just a conversation with a God who's there always. It could be in your head. It could be out loud. It could be. I have people that write all their prayers out because it ministers to them because they have they they it, it forces them to think about what they're saying. I have people that, you know, just throughout the day. And I believe and I believe I'm correct here is that if you'll. Submit, surrender, um, God's going to show up. Because that's who he is. He wants a relationship with you that changes you. And prayer is that way to get in. Let's pray. Um, Dearly Father, Lord, we want more of you. Lord, there may be people in this room that I have are saying to themselves, I have no idea even how to connect with this God. Lord, I pray that today would be the beginning of a journey of pursuing you to that point of going, I trust you. For everyone else in this room that's just struggling with trying to be what you've called them to be, Lord, I pray that prayer would be their lane to get there. Lord, I pray just in the next seven days that you would that you would speak that you would encourage that you would build in, in those in this room that are going I want more I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray I want to connect Lord I pray that this would be the weak the catalyst that brings them into this place of pursuing and connecting to you in a real and living way Lord I pray that we would no longer have this stuffy disconnected view of of a living God. But we would know right now as we pray that we're, we're, we're being heard by you and, and you have a bigger heart and a bigger grace and a bigger mercy for your children. Lord, I pray that you would speak. Lord, I pray that our lives would be changed and in that our homes would be changed and in that our cities would be changed. But I pray that we would commit today praying to connecting with the living God. We love you. We thank you that you mercifully wait for us to connect. Lord, would you speak 
would you encourage and would you build us today? Lord, receive honor and worship as we sing to you right now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.